Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park We're happy and we're singing and we're colored. Give me a high five. All right, cut and print. Beautiful guys. Dynamite. Hello there, hello there people, and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity True Crime Comedy Podcast. It is day, I don't even know anymore of this quarantine, and I got a lot to talk about. Fran, what is going on, man? Nothing much, man. Um, I need to go on a little bit of a rant right now. Please do your thing, go on your rant. So we brought up the... Is this think, about the Teddy Grahams thing? No. Okay, I don't cool. Know what oh, sorry, about. go ahead. I know we brought up, we talked about um, the mask. The mask. Last episode. The movie? No, like the mask. People wearing these. Oh, the paper. The, the yes. The medical mask. Mm, yes. Um. Now, mm-hmm. my problem is with the gloves. Your problem is with the gloves okay, and not the people mask. Wearing, people wearing gloves. It's like you guys are wearing gloves and mask. Yes. I get it to protect yourself. Precautions. Uh-huh. I get it. Yeah. But if it, it defeats the purpose of you wearing gloves. Uh-huh. And then going in your car. And touching everything. And touch it. <laughs> and yeah. touch it everything. Because then once you take your gloves off, all the stuff that was on the gloves is on your steering wheel yeah. or anything. Yeah, to the car. And then you go to Chick-fil-A and you eat nuggets and you lick your fingers. Touch and, the car. And, you like, coronavirus. and then you, you touch the mask and pull the mask. And mm-hmm. yeah. people. And I saw a video on Twitter about glove etiquette and 90% of people don't take their gloves off right. No. So you're supposed to get up under the glove yeah. through your wrist. Yep. Pull it inside pull it. out. Yep. Then take that glove that's inside and out. Pull, pull the out. other. Pull the other. Uh, uh, glove off, yeah, and then throw them off. If you just fucking pull them from the fingertips, yeah. <laughs> and then you have a, use your bare hand to smear your fingers all over the dirty glove, then you wore those gloves all day and looked stupid for nothing. Yeah, it says I just like I had a customer yesterday. Um, he had a package, so it was like, it's like who is it? So you could tell. They oh, it's it. like that. You could tell, you could tell they in quarantine. You so they like who is? It? I'm like mailman. And he goes. Oh man! Leave it on the porch. Like, back like, away slowly. Okay. It's like, wait a second. I'm like, I don't have time. Did for it sound this. like they were like on a megaphone or something? No, they said it like they was. They was like, what do we do? Like, how do I? <laughs> I had to go talk it over with the yeah, rest it's of the people. Like, in the house. Wait a second. And I'm like, I'm like, you hear him in the back, like, I don't know, fucking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, so they cracked the door and was like, okay, can you drop it? I was they don't like, have a mailbox? I was like, oh, I'll just sign for it. It was an apartment building. Oh, okay. I was like, oh, I'll just sign for it, and I just dropped it, and it's like. <laughs> You do all this, and I was like, I was hot too, because I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, and I like walked down the steps. I have places to be. Yeah, so it's like you do all this, 
for you to come out and just touch the bag yeah, with your bag. Like, grab it anyway. Oh, God. Yeah, man. man. People, you know, look, man, we never been through a situation like this. So it's going to be a lot of missteps <laughs> by a lot of people. And, you know, but, you know, thankfully, our wonderful president, Donald Trump, is talking about opening stuff up uh, around Easter time. You know, and that guy's he, hilarious, he thinks man. that's going to be the plan. And you know what? The real problem is, is that God has left the schools and the the, the politics. And if we all just go to church and pray, this coronavirus, it'll just be gone, bro. Yeah. That's, le- my, that's Trump my word is, for the week. Trump is legit funny. That dude is oh, hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't know he was that funny, it's man. Different. That dude it's different, bro. is hilarious, man. It's basically coming out now <laughs> like, look, man, if you don't talk to me nice, you don't get nothing from me. That don't even they... call my phone yeah. if you don't start with, hello, you look awesome. How are you doing? First of all, you're a handsome devil. Yeah. And can we get some masks, please? If you yeah. don't talk to me that way, don't even ring my line. That lady went, I had a fever and a... Co- oh, I'm out of here. Yeah. And he just... That shit was... That, shit. that was pretty funny, though. That was that hilarious. Was funny. That was funny, though. That was funny. But, like, it's not the time for jokes. You know what I mean? It's like, it was funny, but it's like, that's not the guy you want. You don't want that guy hilarious, to be doing man. jokes right now. Hilarious. Anyway, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> what I want to talk about is Tiger motherfucking King. Yeah. Fran, this fucking documentary has taken the world by storm. It's yep. number one on Netflix. It's the most viewed thing on Netflix right now. Yeah. Everybody's talking about it. There's yep. memes. There's all kind of things talking about it. If you haven't seen Tiger King... Get from under your fucking rock. There's a quarantine. You don't. You aren't doing anything. Yeah. Get a Netflix account and watch Tiger King. There's nothing else to do. Nope. You know, Walking Dead is great though. I mean, I'm caught up now. I'm fully caught up, like in it, watching it. Mm. Oh, it got so good, man. Oh mm. my god, I did not. They're in season ten, the season nine finale that happened. Oh, oh my god, it was. Oh my god, it was. It, it Take was heartbreaking. It. Anyway, Tiger King. Wow, you got Joe Exotic. Yep. You got Carol. Yep. And you got fucking Vagabond uh, Doc. Yeah. Uh, Some crazy ass. They're all. Cr- yeah, yeah. It's all. <laughs> it's all crazy. It's all insane. Yeah. I'm. I'm very. Me and Sierra have been going back and forth, questioning like, what did they tell each one to get them to agree to the documentary? Because it's all. It's. It's making. All of them look bad. Nobody looks good, yeah. but Carol they're all is, talking yeah. about each other. She's full of shit. Oh, yeah, 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 man. <laughs> I hate her the most. Me too. She is self-righteous, and she's selling herself as this animal savior, but doing the same thing that they're I was doing. Like, I told Steph, I was like, she's doing the exact same thing. You're doing the same thing they're doing <laughs> like, and trying to put them out of business. And I would argue that although Vagabond Guy is the most evil of the three of them, yeah. he has a really nice looking facility. It seems like he takes care of his animals really early. Hers is the worst. Yeah, hers is the worst, and she's the person. <laughs> but then what it trips me out how she has all the, you know, social justice warriors and the left wing people go there and praise her because she's when she talks online, she talks yeah. bad about these people and how they hurt animals. So when they come to her thing and give her money to see animals in cages, even though the thing she doesn't do is you can't touch them, yeah. but they're still in cages yeah. and, you know, whatever. But I'm doing the I'm saving them. Yeah. So they come and they cry. I just what, what's happening. You saving them is amazing. And I think it's beautiful. It's full of shit. And it's all full of shit. Yeah. You know, now Joe Exotic, although he is the wackiest of the three. Yeah. I. I love him, man. Yeah. He's amazing. Why? He is the epitome of crazy. Like it, like it, like if you when you look at him you're like, "Oh my god, this is it's a train wreck." He is a train wreck. And I don't even know if he know I think he thinks he's awesome. And that's what makes him so awesome to me. Yeah. You can't tell him he's not the shit. coolest dude oh. in the world, but that's not he's hilarious cuz he's not. Yeah. 
but he's got the little the jacket with the swinging things crazy. and the mullet, and he's gay, and he has these like redneck husbands, yeah, which is crazy to me. It almost seems like they're doing whatever they got to do, like they were homeless or something. It was and like, like in prison, most of them. Yeah, oh, like yeah, a lot of them. There, yeah. he's exploiting labor. But I would say, what would those people be doing otherwise? I had yeah. a thing with Sierra. Yeah. That's why I was saying. So he's almost like he's just gathered all these misfits, and it's like. You guys could either be out here robbing houses and being homeless, or you can take care of some lions and maybe you know something bad could happen. But I'm giving you way below minimum wage, but you get a place to stay and you're not sleeping in the woods somewhere. And you eat uh, the dumpster. You eat like old Oscar Mayer wiener hot dogs (laughs) from a truck. (laughs) Yeah, you know. Um, So there's something noble in that. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he's. I don't think he's doing it out of nobility. Mm. He's taking advantage of people coming off a bus Clearly. from prison. But he is giving them something to do other than be homeless. Yeah. So you got to give him some credit in that some kind of way. Also, he's just hilarious. It's, it's amazing. He's a polygamist. He's got two husbands. They both look like fucking extras from Jackass or yeah. something like that. And I I genuinely feel like they're like, look, man, I let this dude bumfuck me. I, I bumfuck him. And that's better than you know eating out of a dumpster and sleeping under a bridge. Yeah. It's something. Except the main guy definitely loves him. The guy with the messed up teeth. Yeah. But the skateboard dude, Travis, he's just doing what he's got to do to get Oh, yeah. He, he manipulated him. Yeah, yeah. Even at the wedding, and they showed the wedding, he's like, yeah, great, man, whatever. Shit. I don't know, man. It's, look. But he, he said he asked him. That, I had a genuine laugh. <laughs> the, the little gay test he did on him. Yeah. It was such redneck Jedi mind trickery. Yeah. Where it was like, damn, that is, I mean. I don't know. I guess we're all a little gay if that's the case. He goes, yeah. uh. When you watch porn, uh, do you like to watch the guy with the big uh, penis yeah. have sex with the girl or the guy with the little penis? And he goes, uh, I mean, obviously, I guess I'd have to say the guy with the big penis. And he goes, well, then obviously, you know, you're not that straight then. It's like, like okay, what? I guess. I mean, who wants to watch a porn with like a dude with a little wiener for yeah. having sex? That's not cool. No. But is that, that shouldn't be your concern. Or I, <laughs> He fucked me up with it. I've, yeah. I've, re- I've been reeling over that question for the last couple of days. Yeah. Like, I guess you shouldn't care about that but is what's happening you know what i mean like that doesn't make you gay but it diffuses your brain long enough for him to do his next move. yeah when you're an 18 year old and then he throat chop, like, what was like 17 he, he throat chops your penis like, bow, and then the next thing you know you're naked because your brain's all fucked up and now you, you like love him or whatever yeah because you don't you just he, he, he doesn't sexually confuse you he doesn't you. know yeah he sexually confuse you with trickery he doesn't even it was a good trick though and then I don't know what happens from there. He yeah. Does some trick. Hey, man, you want to go skinny dipping? And you're like, I, guess, I don't know. Yeah. You know, you don't know what tricks, what other tricks he has up those crazy cowboy jacket sleeves. Yeah. He's he's on he's on another level. Yeah, he sings, man. Oh. Yeah, he does the country TV. music videos. He's jack of all trades, man. Yeah. How do you not? I mean, none of them are my favorite, but he's he's got to be your favorite, right? I mean, he's the most entertaining. Yeah, for the, sure. The vagabond dude is legit. There's going to be another documentary about him in a few years about sexual abuse. Yeah. I mean, he's taking in girls at 16, 17, 18 years old, yep. brainwashing them, yep. making them get breast implants, yep. and working for free, yep. and then being his housewives, yeah. all in different houses on his property. Yep. And then he walks, he rides around on an elephant, and they're like enamored by him, and they think yeah. he's amazing. And they work like 12 hour days. Oh, it's insane, man. And then the one girl that got out, she's all fucked up. She's like, I don't, I mean, I don't know why I did that. And now I have boobs. Now I have fake boobs for the rest of my life. Or I guess maybe she got them out. I don't know. But yeah, he's legit. He scares me the most. There was a moment in one of the episodes where the documentarian guy asked him a question about the wives. Mm -hmm. And you could see the kind of, he had a twitch in his eye. And you see the 
the cult leader come out of him. When he flipped he, out? Yeah, he's like, yeah. oh, yeah, you're going to try to flip it on me? And yeah. it, it was like such a simple question. Yep. And he just, zero to 60. So I can only imagine how They're he guilty. talks to the women when he when the cameras aren't on. Yeah. There was a moment I talked about this year when they had a tiger out and he's doing, cause he, and he always likes, he wants to control how it's shot mm-hmm. and how I'm going to come from this angle and da, 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 da. And they were in a field and he, the tiger, he's playing with the tiger. Also, it's insane. The footage of these people playing with these tigers, like they're fucking uh snowball from Stuart little or something. Yeah. They're a 400 pound cat and you're Stuart smacking little. it in the, f- you remember that movie? Snowball. Yeah. Snowbell. I'm sorry. Snowbell oh, okay. was the cat, All right. the house family cat. Yeah. Um, and the cat, the tiger jumped on him and the girl had him on a chain and he goes, <laughs> yeah, man, uh, something, 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 you know, you never know how it's going to go. But this one, uh, I guess someone didn't clean their chain pop properly and now my shirt's dirty. And she goes, sorry. And he laughed, but then he looked down at his shirt and he was legit mad about the shirt being dirty. No, well, and I, I know he said something to her after those cameras yeah. were off. You could just see those little moments, man. Yeah. It's insane. It was, it was a post on Twitter where it was like... Uh... I think you might have seen it. It was like Joe Exotic had the the jacket on, uh-huh. and he had the the medical emblem or whatever it is on the back sure. symbol. Mm-hmm. So when I saw it in the when I was watching, I was like, nobody did not like wait couldn't wait for this situation to throw in that jacket, <laughs> sleeves up, and then somebody put it on Twitter like. That girl got her arm tore off, and he ran and put that jacket on. Yeah, he's like, oh, my God, I have to put on my medical scrub <laughs> outfit. I have to put on my uh, d- sexy doctor outfit. Jacket was clean, yeah, too. Yeah. I was like, oh, this guy, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That dude is uh, – it is it is one of the craziest documentaries yeah. I've ever seen. Wow. Uh, I don't think you've ever seen this documentary, but I was telling Sierra earlier. It's a cross between Making a Murderer and The Wonderful Whites of West Virginia, which is – that's my favorite trashy documentary it's this it's just this documentary about these white hick hick people from boone county virginia Mm. and it's this opioid ass town they're all addicted to pills and everything and it's this one family called the whites Mm. who are like the redneck royalty of the town and just just follows them and their their escapades and having babies and just cussing people out are they like blurred out and stuff did he sell drugs no, they do no, drugs. They do drugs. Yeah, they okay, do drugs okay, and drink no. and fuck and fight. Wow. And one of them is a tap dancer. He's the he's the head of the family. He's the family celebrity. Okay. He's a famous. He he tap dances to country music, and so that makes him the most popular person in the town. Sounds like a rock star lifestyle. Yeah, I mean, if you like living in a coal miner's town in some <laughs> bumfuck nowhere, Virginia, um, he'd do very well. That that family would do very well in Oregon or Oklahoma or wherever the. Joe Exotic is taking place. They blend right in. It's the same, just trashiness, and yeah. it's incredible. But this documentary is a if you if you haven't seen it yet, and if you if you're familiar with the wonderful whites of West Virginia and making a murder, and you love both those things, you're gonna be obsessed with this documentary. There's so many other things I want to talk about, so many theories and all these kind of things. I don't, but I can't get into them because Fran hasn't finished it, and I still haven't finished it, and I'm an episode ahead of you. Yeah, and also I don't know who's listening right now who hasn't finished who hasn't caught up or even started yet so i don't want to go too deep but just know it's crazy it's as crazy it deserves all the memes and everything that it's getting yeah i was kind of frustrated that i hadn't seen it yet until yesterday because it you know it has it's done its twitter and facebook and yeah. internet meme thing it jumped like, from like three to one yeah i was like i was like it can't be this good that's what i said and it is <laughs> i was super wrong all the me i, I love them yep. all the memes i get it. it it was perfectly right um check out check that out in this uh quarantine time and you know hopefully you know everybody's doing okay and you know getting by just fine um apparently the uh that uh that bill passed the you know to help families i believe it's if your household makes less than one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, you get a check 
you get a credit, $500 credit for each kid. And, uh, that's, those are the two main things that I only know about. Yeah. I think, I think we're eligible to get one. Not that I care. I, I'm, I'm happy to still be working. Yeah. So doesn't matter. I'm a fortunate person in that aspect. I don't know how long that's going to last for me, but while it is happening, I'm very thankful both me and Sierra are still working. So everybody can't say that. So I hope, yep. you know, whatever help anybody needs in this time, I hope you get it. You know, shout out to y'all. Now, uh, we talked about, I talked about some of my conspiracy theories last week. Um, a new theory has come up. I don't know. I haven't really heard people talking about it, but I've, I've been on this theory for the last probably about six years. I haven't really talked about it on here. Might've discussed it once or twice. Have I talked to you about how I think that the government's going to stop doing public school within the next 10 years? Public school? No. Like they're going to shut public school down and either you, you go to a private school or you just don't go to school. Whoa. No. Yeah. Yeah. I talked to our buddy, our buddy JJ, uh, this was probably about four years ago. I, I just spit this out just cause I see how much public schools are being defunded. And right now with this whole, everything shut down and Sierra's sister is a teacher and they sent them a voicemail, like a, a robot message where, you know, like everybody gets an automated voicemail mm-hmm. talking about how they're going to do home lessons. Like te- tell the kids, go on BCPS, Baltimore City, Baltimore County, whatever, BaltimorePublicSchool.com, mm-hmm. and there will be lessons on there yeah. for you to do work at your house. That's not going to be very effective on the kids, you know, like you, especially inner city kids, kids who whose parents might not be quarantined and have to work. And it's up to them to go and Plus learn on them a choice. Yeah, you go. It's up to them to go and learn on their own. And I feel like this is a preview of what my theory is, where they'll just go. Yeah, man, we can't really afford the buildings anymore for public school. But here's a, a program like a CD-ROM that you can a program you can put on your um, computer and you can homeschool your kid. And which will be inferior education. You won't, it's not, they're not obligated to get on, you don't, you know, you can't keep track of that. Or you can go to private school. And I feel like we're getting a glimpse of that right now with all the schools shutting down everywhere. And now they're trying to tell people to go on, online and teach their, or, and have their kids teach themselves basically, or read themselves at home, you know, and, um, that's just a theory I have. It's not a full. I don't. It's not fully flushed out. I don't have all the details yeah. of where, why I think it, or anything like that. But just speaking from where we're from and how terribly the Baltimore City public school system is defunded, and the pipes freeze every year when it's cold, and in the summertime it's too hot to go to school sometimes because yeah. there's no air conditioning. And eventually they could just say, "Oh well, you know, this isn't safe for these kids to be at the school, so we're going to shut this school down." And for now, temporarily, quote in quotes we're gonna you guys do some lesson plans from home and then that extends and extends and extends until they go yeah we don't really uh have a new school lined up so you guys can you here's a you guys get a discount to send your kids to this private school the discount is for two years or something like that and then you know either you go to private school or you do the homeschooling and that's just my i feel like that's gonna happen Uh i'm not saying based on i don't think the corona is gonna lead into that but this gave me a pre when I her sister was here yesterday and I heard the voicemail and it just felt weird to me of them yeah. being like school's over, but you still got to learn from home. So get those computers fired up and have everybody in the the world in all of the United States is basically going to be homeschooled for the next for the rest of the year. Yeah. You know, and again, this is not a fully formed thought. This is all just a theory of mine. But I genuinely feel like public school system, the public school system is being attacked and they're going to lose the fight. Mm. Betsy DeVos, who's the. Secretary of Education right now, she's a, a major supporter of charter schools, which is not a public school. It's not a private school either. It's charter kind of school where you stay? No, no, no. A charter school is just um, 
it's a private it's a private a privately run school basically oh and she wants more of those and she'll give the money to those when, and take money from public schools because she thinks public schools are like a failure or not whatever. working basically yeah which they are not working they are not working but they're not working because they're not being funded there's other problems as well but if yeah. you take music out of school and you know just overall being comfortable at school you know there's no air conditioning in the summertime and no heat in the wintertime and it's like I'd, I'd, I'd be better off on the streets and selling drugs yeah people don't pay attention anyway got phones yeah man, it's a rough time it's a rough time to be a teacher man um shout out to teachers also because that's rough i mean you might be out of a job for the rest of the year and then you go into the summer where you that's already typical you don't have a job in the summer anyway yeah so that's a rough that's a rough gig you know yeah. so shout out to the teachers man i appreciate it. any of our listeners out there who are teachers shout out to you you guys do not get the credit you deserve for the job that you do i think teaching is the most important job you can have i mean you're teaching you're you're influencing the people that are going to run the country next yeah and that's hard right now because it's like all the kids are like, hey, teacher, you want to do a TikTok dance? Baby, come give me something. Uh. <laughs> you know, and the, you know, it's, it, and the, you got teachers doing the trying to relate to the kids. You're yeah, like, I'm a savage. Yeah, I kind of gave in on TikTok. Those fucking man. dumbass songs. I, gave, I told myself I want to You have it? it? I have it. And you're 30. Let me tell you, TikTok, based on what you like, it goes by, it, it makes up an algorithm of mine has no dancing on it. Mine are has, they songs? No, mine has these. It's some interesting people on there, man. My just lip syncing moments no, from movies? No, no singing is no mine. No singing is just I'm people saying, on there. I'm even talking, like, doing lyrics, like doing scenes from movies. No, and, that's not what pops up not on all mine. The, oh, I thought that was all it's you did on TikTok. It's just some crazy shit. Or, like, people just going in and just, it's just I'm not going to get into it on here. What are you watching? It's just some weird. I follow, like, Tom Segura and his wife. Okay. They oh, share like, things? Oh, my goodness. I know they like like the obscure parts of the world, like crazy people and stuff. Yes, that's, okay. what, I, right, okay. that's what pops up on my... I'm still not going to get it. I'll just watch those on, on Twitter. But, um Yeah, shout out to everybody doing TikTok dances to pass the time, man. I, you, know, yeah. you know, you know, savage it out. Uh, you know, baby, come give me some something it out, and we're gonna get through this all together, y'all. No, thank you. I don't want the brother. You got, you know, Stephanie gonna hit you up within the week of like, you know, like let's get Sophie, and we're all gonna do the uh, give me something challenge, huh? Sophie wouldn't do it. She doesn't like to dance. No, <laughs> she doesn't like to dance. She doesn't like to be put on the spot like me. I respect it. <laughs> I respect it. You want me to do what? Yeah, no, no, I'm not, no, I'm not gonna do that. No. How about no? <laughs> Uh, is this what's today's date, friend? March 28th. the what? 28th. Oh, this is the last uh, day of Buster Rhymes Appreciation Month, as far as the podcast is concerned. So let's just go ahead and hit them with a banger. Um, we're gonna do a what's the name of that goddamn song? What's that? Uh, turn it up. Is it called Turn It Up? Um, yes, it is called Turn It Up. So we're gonna play Turn It Up by Buster Rhymes and Friends. It's going to be the remix. Uh, it's going to be uh, Turn It Up by Busta Rhymes and Friends. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some fucked up shit. So y'all stick around. Not that you're doing anything. You're probably not even listening to this right now. It's Nobody's commuting. So where do you even listen to podcasts? Just in the house? That's weird. Anyway, see you guys in a second. Bye. Flip mode, bitch. Look, see, ain't nothing changed. No, I'm back with the remix with the queens Turn of the it game. Up. When you see me in the spot, you niggas better respect it. Y'all already know when my rap ain't no reason to check it. And y'all know that you ain't fucking with me just for the record. So instead, I'm gonna let Mary J. Blige come and set it. Now get low, Mary. Maybe you can guess who it is. Uh-huh. Mary J. Blige, I'm about to handle my biz. Uh-huh. I'm on my grown woman, still I rep for the kids in every hood. Uh-huh. And all my people doing Turn a bit. Now you know who's really the queen, deliver the mail. Uh-huh. 730,000 first week of my sales. Uh-huh. The haters plot and they watch looking all pale. While I'm on a yacht overseas doing my nails 
get low, Mary. Well, let me show you how we do. I gotta thank everyone for copping the breakthrough. Uh -huh. Bust did take one, the remix is take two. You love the way we reinvent and how we just Turn stay new. How we selling out the stadiums, arenas, and all. Uh. Only Louis and Gucci, we don't shop at the mall. Uh. Got your party in and dancing and having a ball. And you're loving the way we repping, how we do it for y'all. Go ahead and touch it, bring it, pay it, watch it, turn it, leave it, stop formatted. Touch it, bring it, pay it, watch it, turn it, leave it, stop formatted. All right, and we are back. Fran, it is my turn to go first this week. Are you ready, man? Yeah. You ready for my shit, man? Yes, I am. Okay, uh, my affirmative murder this week because, you know, everybody, or at least a lot of people are on lockdown. You're spending a lot of time with your significant others, roommates, whatever have you, siblings. Um, things can get a little stir-crazy, I feel like, and that made me think about, you know, like roommate killings mm -hmm. and things like that. Just, you snap. Yeah. I feel like this is a, probably, that's probably an underrated, uh, possibility in a time like this mm -hmm. like if realistically if you're locked down for another two two months and you and your roommate already aren't even that fly together to begin with and now it's like every day you're not going anywhere you go to the fridge to get your frosted flakes they're there you go to watch tv oh you can't watch what you want to watch because they're in the they're in the common space so you got to watch tv in your room you know it's, you know they're they're bringing people over and you're like no 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 man they're, people aren't supposed to be here man we don't yeah. know where they're coming and they're like no man but it's my house too those kind of things yeah so i wanted to do a um kind of like a killer roommate story this week mm -hmm. and i found the story of uh sinidu tedesi okay and uh it's it's pretty nuts so strap in so uh sinidu tedesi grew up in a relatively well-off family in ethiopia in the 1970s However, this period in Ethiopia's history was a turbulent one. Her father had been jailed for two years when Tedesi was around seven. She was ostracized by, her, by other students as well as her own family members during her childhood years in Ethiopia. She then devoted herself to her studies. Sorry, I had a burp. Uh, <clears throat> gaining admission to the prestigious International Community School. So she was about that smart life, you yeah. know, and, you know, a lot of times people, I always want to just, I, I wish I could go back and tell my younger self. Not that I had a bad time in, in high school, but just this shit doesn't matter. Bro. Like it just doesn't, don't fix it. Have fun. Yeah. Talk to the girl you want to talk to. It doesn't matter. Like nobody's going to care in, in, in 10 years. None of this matters. So you, you're not going to ruin your life by just going out on the ledge and trying something different. Yeah. You know, because it, it doesn't matter, you know. But because everybody kind of turned their backs on her. Instead of getting down on herself, she was like, fuck this. I'm going to become a fucking super genius and get the fuck out of this town yeah. in Ethiopia. And that's what she did. She became a super mega bookworm, and she got into this really prestigious school, and she graduated valedictorian and earned an admission to Harvard motherfucking University, Dope. which is like the stereotype for good school. Yeah. It's like, if somebody's smart, it's like, would you go to Harvard? Yep. You know? Also, uh, I read something, and also I could be fucking it up and reading it you know, jumbling up shit in my head. I think Harvard one year or maybe every year, but at one time I think Harvard made more money than the government. Wow. And just like off of like, um, uh, what are the people that go graduate and then come back? Alumni? Yeah. Yeah. The, like alumni donations and tuition and all that kind of, they make so much money. Why? Cause everybody's successful. That goes there. Most of them. Well, I guess so. But they, they have, they have such a, a back, like so much money saved up that they had to start doing like crazy tax write-offs and scholarships and all this kind of stuff to offset how much money they were making. That's crazy. They make a ridiculous amount of money, and it's for education, man. It's for people to to learn. 
I, mean, it's I understand it's better school or whatever, but just shouldn't be making more money than the government or whatever fact I'm making up in my mind right now. If I'm they wrong, that's whatever. They probably got crazy technology in there. I hope so. All that money you got to pay yeah. to go there. What if you just go and it's, it's the same? It's not. It's just a, a step above I'm your like, high school. Oh, y'all scamming! Like, uh, y'all <laughs> don't even have iPads in here. Yeah. This is this Windows 10. Everything in there should be state of art. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, she was unable to keep uh, keep up academically when she arrived at Harvard, mm. and she was told that her below average grades would keep her from attending the top ranked medical schools in the U.S. I guess she went. You know, you got to go to Harvard. I mean, yeah, you go to Harvard, which I thought was a law school. And then you go to medical school. You got to get your degree, and then you go to medical school. Okay. Being a doctor, that's a hell of a path, man. I mean, that's at least like it's too long. seven or eight years of your yeah. life before you even get to the the money part. Yeah. It's a commitment. But it is. You got to be smart, work hard, and Dead driven. Again. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you get to the other side, you can have a very lucrative life for yourself. Shout wow. out to all the medical professionals out there in this trying yeah. time, man. You know, my sister-in-law is, uh, she does like radio technology, and she's... You know, busy. Everybody's busy. It's all hands on deck right now. All the nurses, it's, everybody's working, man. Yeah. Shout out to them. Yeah, so basically she was fucking up in school. Her, I think it was maybe the culture shock coming from another country and just, you know, not be, being socially awkward at a really high level. She's incredibly socially awkward. And that could be a, a lot to deal with on top of education. Yeah. So she was really not killing it at school. Um. So uh, she, had, she had made no friends and remained distant even from relatives she had in the area. Tedesi sent a form of letter to dozens of strangers that she had picked from the phone book, describing her unhappiness and pleading with them to be her friend, which is really fucking sad. Yeah. To send out a letter to people you don't know, like, hey, I really could use a friend. Yeah. That's 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 a bummer. That's how you go, I don't want to be a friend. Yeah, that's kind of, that's clinging out of the gate. Yeah. Like, I don't know who sees that, maybe another lonely person. But who sees that and goes, man, I'd want to be somebody's friend who sends a letter to random yeah. people they don't know. That sounds like a killer. Yeah. And at the very least, you go, that's not, that's a weird social, you don't have something functioning in your brain. Like, there's that's a weird social not, yeah. a social don't. Like, don't message people you don't know with a long thing about your life. and stuff. Just go be cool somewhere. Just yeah. go and just, ha- hey, man, oh, you see the game? I don't know. I don't know how to talk to people. But- don't I know not to send a letter to somebody like, hey, will you be my friend, please? I'm really sad. Like, yeah. yeah, that's the first way to go. Oh, I'm gonna rip this oh. up and never talk to that person. Yeah. Block. Yeah, block them from your post. Your delivering messages to your house. Just mail it back to them. Yes, return this. Return the sender. <laughs> that's a burn. Oh, that's super burn. Yeah, that's what probably, a rejection. That's a yeah, that's idea. like that'll push somebody over that's the edge. Just like yeah. I tried to be somebody's friend and they returned my friendship letter. Now I have your address. Oh yeah, yeah. Now it gets real. Yep. Um, yeah, so she's just struggling to kind of, you know, ingratiate herself with American culture and, you know, uh, Harvard culture and just finding friends. And she sends these letters out. And one woman responded to the letter, but became alarmed by the bizarre writings and recordings that Sanidu sent in her sent her in return. What? So already started with a weird thing. A girl responded like, hey, it's OK. You'll get there. You know, if you ever need a friend, I'm here. You know, that thing you say when. You're just trying to be nice, you know. Like, yeah. if you need a friend, if you're really going through something, I, I'm here to talk to you. Yeah. And then she started blowing her up, sending her like tapes with oh. recordings on them and more letters that were probably weird and like, yeah. You know, do you want to be like sisters or saying super clingy shit? Yeah. And she got super alarmed. And uh, the woman then, no, I'm sorry. 
She she cut off that woman cut off contact with her. Yeah, what too? But another woman found the letter obnoxious and sent it to a friend who worked at the Harvard who worked at Harvard to review it as a joke. Oh wait, no, like as in a concern. Oh, okay. Like, this okay. person's terror. This is scary. Yeah, yeah. It might have been more like I don't know if she was scared, but she thought it was obnoxious. And but obnoxious it wasn't is, to her. It was to the other. No, it was another woman. She sent it out to a bunch of people. Oh, okay. She oh, so one sent, of one of her recipients went. Oh, this is weird. So I'm gonna go. Yeah, yeah. She did the you. equivalent of just going on Facebook, writing a message, and then just just tagging Everybody. just any name, yeah. all names, just tag all names. Yeah. But she did that with letters, actual physical letters. Um, which is a lot of time. Yeah, man, you gotta handwrite all them letters, man. That's you know, but that's how that's how lonely and you know how what much if free it was time like, she has. What if it was like ten people? I don't think get, it was a hundred people. You have you know? to, but I'm, but yeah. I'm saying though, you have to get the address. So she did. She went to the phone book. Oh shit! Never mind. I don't. I didn't know the phone book had a phone number in it. But this is also 1995. I mean, uh, I didn't know Wait, a phone what? book had an address in it. Oh, <laughs> say. But this is also 1995, and uh, I've not seen a phone book in maybe since 1995. So yeah. uh, you know, uh, maybe they did at a point have addresses in them, which seems kind of dangerous. Uh, anyway, after her freshman year, her roommate told her that she was going to room with someone else. Yeah, I got so everybody's like, this Sinidu is not getting it done. It's a Sini don't. Yeah, I got one in the mail, and I'm your roommate. Yeah, it's not, you, you could just come to the common space yeah. and just talk to me. So I'm going to go room with my friend Jessica. She's nice to me and knows how to play Scrabble. Uh, so for her second and third years, Tadesi uh, roomed with Trang Ho. A Vietnamese student who was well liked and doing well at Harvard. So she was like, she can relate to. No, no, no. Not at all. They Trang from- Trang yes, she's she's from another country. Yeah. But Trang is making friends and she's doing great in school. Yeah. While Sunidu is not making any friends and doing weird social things and is doing terribly in school. Yeah. So if anything, it creates more of a dynamic of like, I'm obsessed, I want to be you. Hmm. And that's not a healthy relationship to want to be around somebody because you want to be them or you're jealous of them in some kind of way yeah. that already creates a weird dynamic and i think that was kind of what the dynamic was and i think trang sensed that and she was like i'm gonna get out of here you're yeah. weird and go. yeah i don't want to do this anymore which is you're right you have every right i wouldn't even say anything just just she just go. show up one day and everything's go. gone <laughs> you got like the spaces where your bed was just left that weird yeah it's it's lighter than you know i like the colors around stuff uh, changes when you have something there. So it's just a bunch of spaces of like a dresser drawer and, and a bed and a TV, yeah. just all the, the, the different spots where it's just empty. I don't want to give her no ideas. Me telling her where I'm going before and, and then she thinks of some crazy ass plan. No, yeah. thank you. Well, yeah. Okay. So uh, using some uh, nice uh, inference clues there, man. I'll get there though. We're going to take right. a long walk. We're going to take a long walk to it. So I want you to put your walking That's stick like. down, fucking dial it back to first gear and cruise with me. Okay. Don't rush through it. Well, you do that to my stories all the time. Ah, that is a falsehood. No, it's not. <laughs> well, sometimes you drop the breadcrumbs, man. I can't. I, I'll leave them there from now on. That's my bad. I don't mean to do that, man. But the breadcrumbs are right there, man. You know I love bread. Yeah. I'm like Oprah. I love. I love bread. Is that what she says? You never seen that Weight Watchers commercial? No. Yeah, she loves bread. Is the short end of it. You know, mm. it's the gist of it. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Trang was not feeling. Uh, uh, to Desi at yeah. all and she uh, according to a friends of Trang mm-hmm. uh, to Desi was very needy in her demands for attention and she became angry when Trang began to distance herself their junior year Cause mm-hmm. she's already, she had already been rooming with her for two years now and she's had enough with her and she's like you know, I got new friends I have actual friends and yeah. she wants me to not hang out with my actual friends 
to stay home with her and Be born. complain or whatever she yeah. does, you know? And, you know, some for some reason, Sunidu couldn't get on. She couldn't jive with that. She was like, what do you mean you want to not be my roommate anymore? Don't you want to hear me talk about how I'm flunking social economics and it's not fair because the teacher has it out for me? Like, no, I don't at all. Right. I don't want to. That sounds awful. I want to go play beer pong with my actual friends. Yeah. Fuck off. But she was so, she was very train was very nice. And she said that in a nice way. She, she told her to fuck off in a very nice way. Like, I just think we're going to grow in apart and I'm going to go roommate with somebody else. Uh, Perfectly within her rights. She has every right to do that. It's nothing personal. Well, it's probably a little personal, but, you know, she has every right to do that. Anyway, Tedeschi apparently reacted with despair when Ho announced her decision to room with another girl, with another group of girls their senior year. So it's like, you know, she's there about to graduate. It's the last year. She's like, I want to have fun this year with people I like. Um... The two women uh, stopped speaking with each other after Trang announced that she was moving out. Why did she tell her? God. She did. She tried to do the nice thing. Give her an opportunity to get another roommate or whatever. You know, it's roommate etiquette, really. You shouldn't do that. She was trying to do the nice roommate etiquette thing. But, you know, it still ended in them not speaking. Mm-hmm. Probably mostly on Sunita's part. Trang was like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't want to talk to you anyway. So it's not. I'm not actively trying not to. I just won't. Yeah. Because I don't anyway. Anyway, Tedeschi purchased two knives and a length of rope. Okay. She then sent a photograph of herself with an anonymous note on the uh, with an anonymous note to the Harvard to the Harvard Crimson, which is like the campus newspaper. Yeah. Saying, "Keep this picture. There will soon be a very juicy story involving this woman." It's a picture of her. Her. It's very. It's a picture of uh, herself. Oh, Sunidu. Herself. Okay, gotcha. And that's just you know that's how bad she wants to be liked. She sent a. And I haven't even gotten to what happens, but I think you can guess, but don't guess. Uh, so she sent a letter to the paper with a picture saying, like, this girl's going to be involved in some shit. Stay tuned. Mm-hmm. Keep this picture. Uh, she took one final exam. Anonymously, I'm, th- I'm guessing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. All right. She took one final exam, but got med- medical exemptions for two other of the exams. I don't know why she just don't take any of them. Yeah. Maybe she felt like she needed to prove herself on one of them and see if she got a good grade or something. But whatever. I don't know. Uh, she went on a brunch date with a fellow Ethiopian student named Neb. He later realized that she was most likely saying her final goodbye to him. Mm. On May 28, 1995, Sanidu Tedesi stabbed her roommate Trang Ho 45 times with the hunting knife that she had bought expressly for that purpose. Wow. She then hanged herself in the bathroom. And on the way to the bathroom to commit suicide, she took a swipe at one of Ho's visiting friends, a 26-year-old named Tao Nguyen, injuring her as well. So on her way to kill herself, she's like, oh, you, you're one of her friends? Oh, is she so popular? And took a swipe at her. Didn't inside kill her. Inside the apartment? Oh. Yeah, inside the apartment. On her way to go to the bathroom, and then she hung herself in the bathroom. So she was already dead, Trang Ho. Oh, yeah. She, she, she killed the shit out of her. And then on the way, so I'm assuming maybe she maybe she out. couldn't hear what was happening or okay, something. That's, so, what, that's yeah. what I'm trying to figure out. And okay. in the transit from whatever room that took place in to the go to the bathroom, she ran into a friend of hers that was maybe in her room or yeah. something. I don't know. I don't know the layout that was, but she had a friend over, and uh, so she killed Trang. And then on her way to go commit suicide, she she fucking took a swipe with her knife at one of Trang's friends. Wow, who survived? She didn't die, but you know, it's trauma. It's traumatizing to be involved in that. Yeah. In the days after the murder, it was generally speculated on campus and in the press that Tedeschi had resorted to violence because Ho had asked not to room with her again in the fall of that year. Yeah. 
that definitely was the trigger. Yeah. It's like, I don't, I can't get any friends anyway. And now the only person who kind of has to be my friend a little bit, at least because we live together is, yeah. is leaving. So I have nobody now. Because you're being weird. But some people just, that's just their default. They don't know how to not be weird. Weird is just who they are. Yeah. Some people are just weird. Like Joe Exotic. Yeah. That dude's a weird dude, man. He's that all the time. But people like him. I guess <laughs> I, mean, I like him. I, as I stated before, I do. Yeah. I do like. I would never want to like hang out with him no. unless unless he really genuinely can't tell that you're making fun of him. Because I I would definitely hang out with him. And be like Joe, you know what you should do? Do that dance, man. Do that yeah. dance you do. He, he would just do it. Oh man, just that dance. Ooh He do some crazy dance, and you're just like <laughs> Joe. You're so cool, man. Joe. You're nailing that dance, bro. Joe. You ever thought about going on uh, America's Got Talent? I mean, I thought about it, but you know, I'd probably I don't have the time. I'm doing this thing here, but if I wanted to, I could totally win. Yeah, for sure, man. You yeah. sing a song right now. Yeah, man, bust one out. Dang a little down here, kitty kitty boodle doo doo. He just do whatever, man. man I be like, what you doing tonight? Every Friday night, I be like, we gotta go somewhere. But it won't. I would only enjoy it if he couldn't tell I was making. That's fun. my point. I don't want him to know. That's my point. I want him to just think I think he's awesome, and I would. It would bring me so much joy to be around him. If yeah. he just had no idea that I'm, I'm just, how much personal joy I'm taking out I of laughing. Laugh. Oh, that would. Oh man, <laughs> that's making me hard to focus on this tragic story because I that that genuinely wow. would bring me so much joy. To for him to just have no idea I'm being sarcastic and think I don't think he's awesome, but All he the thinks time? he thinks I think he's the most awesome. Oh, a dream, a dream, a, a bigger dream. Than <laughs> never, I've never had a I've never had a bigger dream than that. Um. Yes, like I said, in the days after, there was all kind of speculation about what was the motive for killing Trang Ho. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, I think that the her moving out thing probably is like a big, a major factor in it. But we'll never know because both of them are dead, you know? That sucks about it. You know, you can't ask, you can't, you you can't ask, you know, um, um, uh, Sinidu because she's she's dead. Yeah. You know? So, anyway, Trang, uh, oh, oh, somebody also stated that, uh, uh, oh, I'm sorry, her family. Uh, rebutted uh, Sunita's family rebutted that because she said Trang was never there anyway. She spent a lot of time at her family's house, but they don't know. They live in like yeah. they live in Ethiopia. They don't. I don't know. Or maybe it was her family who was close by, but she doesn't talk to them anyway. So nobody really knows. So don't come in and and just try to make somebody look good when you don't you don't know the facts. Yeah, because you weren't there. Anyway, Trang Ho's family thought Harvard could have prevented her death. I don't. I don't really. I don't really know how. I mean, all that money you pay, I would think that they would keep a better tab on. Maybe how kids are doing or whatever, but I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know if you could pin that on the school. And I don't think they were able to. But anyway, I'll keep reading. In 1998, they filed suit against the school alleging wrongful death, uh, conscious pain and suffering, and emotional distress. Trang Ho's family. Trang Ho's family, oh, yes. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and charging the university as well as various other people in charge at, Dun- at the Dunster house where they lived with negligence. Cause they have, you know, they have a, what's that person? Like a, a like a, like they a bell, have a, like huh? A no, like a, oh. like a student, a student council. No, no. Like, like a, there's somebody who's like in charge of the dorms. Who's a student. Who's like an upperclassman. Oh, I, don't know. I can't remember the so. fuck. I can't remember the name of it. A student, uh, student, it's not student advisor. I don't think, but it's somebody you're supposed to go to if there's a problem. Like if they're if you're on the floor of the dorm, there's a there's a person in charge, like a captain of the floor, okay. who's an upperclassman, and maybe and if you if you're that if that's your job and you didn't notice that there's a kid who never has any friends and all these kind of things, 
I guess there's a can a case can be made, but how would you know? That? Everybody got their own stuff going on. I don't know, you know. And that's not that kid's the person's job to try to psychologically evaluate people. That's what I mean. You know, you're just like I don't know. They're they're a loner. That's you write it off at that as that. But I guarantee you, from that point on, it's it's not written off as that. I guarantee you, a school like Harvard with the name they try to protect. If there's a kid just standoffish and not talking to people and seems like people kind of make fun of them on the low or something like that, they keep tabs on that person because of the story. I guarantee that. Uh, Yeah, they felt that the university had plenty of evidence that Tedeschi was losing her mind and becoming fixated on violent uh, vengeance for whatever. Yeah, vengeance. Jeez. And that the university could have prevented the deaths. And after a debate erupted at Harvard, over whether the school should establish a scholarship in the names of both girls or only hoes, they decided on the latter, which I yeah. think is you should. Why would they? Why would yeah? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why you why that was even being batted around. I guess to be nice, I don't know. They decided. Yeah, they decided on the latter, and the students can and students can now apply for the Trang Ho Public Service Fellowship to pay for charitable work during the summer after the junior year. Uh, in the year prior to Tedeschi's suicide, three other Harvard students had taken their lives, two of whom had also lived in Dunster. These rates were, quote, very unusual for the university, said Randolph Catlin Jr., the then chief of Harvard's me- uh, mental health services, in a statement to the Chronicle of Higher Education. So apparently in the, in the 90s, as much money as Harvard was making, they were very underfunded in the medical, I mean, in the mental health aspect of the school. A lot of students were complaining about not being paid attention to and not being able to get access to like a psychologist, which again, I didn't even know these were things that were required of a, of a college, but apparently they, they are, and they were doing a poor job of that. And because of that, there were, there's, 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 there's multiple cases of suicide at Harvard university, probably at other universities too, but this is the school I did my story on. And I, wow, trying to, they can't live up to the standards. Stress, yeah, all that that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah for sure. And just, sense. yeah, your nervous breakdowns. That kid that shot up Virginia Tech, I don't know if you remember that, that Asian kid, mm-hmm. um, this was probably when we were in like middle school. That was a long time ago. Yeah, he shot up he shot up a, he shot up Virginia Tech. He was a he was a foreign kid. He came from another country, you know, he didn't know anybody, didn't I don't know how well he spoke the language, didn't have a ton of friends, and he snapped. Yeah. And and you know, I think the stress of something like that can when you feel like maybe you feel like you have your, your whole family's on your back you're the first person to go to co- that kind of thing it can be a lot for some people which is crazy because why I don't or just that that's not a that's not an excuse excuse for you to yeah if I get stressed I get stressed people. sometimes I've never st- been stressed and just black out and kill people you know and that I guess that's not really a fair assessment I said, yeah. we're not gonna yeah. let him off the hook with that one. yeah yeah fair point yeah that's tough it's always tough for me because I'm 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 always in the mindset of I'm 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 not that person. I'm yeah. not quote unquote crazy, chemically unbalanced or whatever, so I don't like to be too harsh in judgment, but I also don't like to give people just an out. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, his dad died when he was 7, so he what do you expect? It's like, oh, I mean, people pe- people's parents die or people get abused and yeah. these things happen and people don't kill people, you know? So, I don't know. But um, rest in peace to them both, man. Rest yeah. in peace. Rest in peace to um, Sunidu Tedessa and Trang Ho. Um, you know, there's still two young people who lost their lives much too soon. And I wish somebody would have. Maybe if somebody would have reached out, it would have worked out a little bit better. Yeah. But you can't. You can't put that on people. If somebody's giving off weird energy, it's not your responsibility to force yourself to be their friend. Nobody is obligated to be anybody's friend. So. But, you know, just keep a positive attitude, folks. You know, even if you're feeling negative, don't let that, 
don't walk around with a, a shadow over your head. Yeah. Because that's the first, that's the easiest way to get people to not want to be around you. And then that's not somebody else's, that's, uh, and also to the people who have known people like this in their life, and maybe they know somebody that they weren't super close with, but they committed suicide, and you know they didn't have a ton of friends, and you know, they might have asked you to hang out once, and you go, oh man, but they're really a downer. That's not on you. Because they had a poor outlook on life. Yeah. Don't I don't I don't I don't like the idea of somebody feeling. I don't like the idea of these kids in, at heart from Harvard that year of that you know of 1995 being like, damn, could we have done something? Like, should we have invited her to a party? It's like I think it's worse if you if you do that if you do move into go. Oh, I'm gonna just be their friend just cause. Yeah. Because then now they think you actually like them. And then when and, and when then, they end up acting how they act and you cut them off in a much more personal way. Yeah. Now they have a vendetta against you even yeah. more, just like what happened Cause to Train. Because you, yeah. you lied. You pretended. You tried to be their friend in a nice way, and then they're being their weird self and being negative. And you go, ah, I know we've been hanging out for the last like week, but I can't do this anymore. And now you really shatter them, yeah. as opposed to just not trying in the first place. Yeah. Huh. How hard did it take you to find that story? How hard was it? Yeah. Was it pretty easy? I feel like Harvard. I looked up. To, like, I looked up to bury it. Oh, I couldn't find like much on it at all. Okay. I couldn't even. It, it took me hours to find somewhere. Not hours, but it took me about an hour to find how to say her name right. Okay. There's no video. There's no new local news clip of it. I couldn't find yeah. really much anything. You know, I, I found um, some articles, but you know, you're reading an article. I don't. The article doesn't tell you how to say her name right. Yeah. I think I'm saying it right. I probably am not though. Um, but yeah, no Harvard. <laughs> there was no Harvard uh, representative <laughs> talking about it at yeah. all. I couldn't find anything from Harvard about it. Except an article in the Harvard Crimson, which almost it seemed very much uh, not taking her mental health into account. It was like this girl was crazy. I wonder if it was in the the school newspaper. Well, the, it was like I said, it was in the it was in the Harvard Crimson. It was somebody did. So but did this go- the article I read was from 2017. I don't know if it was out uh, one right after. I mean, I would assume though. Was it? Oh, I wonder if anybody has it. That'd be crazy. I would I would bet somebody oh, who went boy. to Harvard that year has it, or who lived around there that year. Yeah, I'm sure it was a very big a very big story at the time. I just couldn't find it. That'd be wild. Know? So wish I could have found a little bit more um information about her from like accounts, personal accounts. You know, like people who the accounts of like, yeah, man, she used to go sit by the fountain and yeah. just like scribble in her book weirdly. Yeah. I would have liked to hear more stuff like that. Just what was her mind state day to day at Harvard going through all that stuff. Couldn't find it though. Somebody probably could have did it on uh you know they did that on uh Reddit? They do it on, no, they do it on My Fit Murder. I don't know if they still do it, but I know they did before. Oh, like the hometown, yeah. like people call in and be like, I went to school with that person. Yeah. If you went to school with, uh, uh, um, God damn, why can't I fucking. Sinidu, what was it? No, yeah, Sinidu Tedessa, Tedessi. If you went to school with Sinidu Tedessi, please. You have the scoop. And you have the scoop. I mean, you would be, it's 1995, you're. 18, 19, 20 years old. I mean, be like about close to 45, yeah. close to 45, something like that. You got some 45 year old listeners. So, you know, hit us up. Let us know what's going on. Yeah. What we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, it's Fran's turn to tell you some fucked up shit. Yeah. So stick around. Like I said, you're not doing anything. Get a bag of snacks and just enjoy what's coming next, man. We'll be right back. All right, and we are back. Fran, it is your turn to uh, take over, so please do your thing. So, doing a cold case file. Ooh. I know yep. you love those. This is this is a, this is a good st- – I want you guys to make sure you guys pay attention. It's a nutty one? Yeah. Pay okay. attention to what's going on. 
I want to hear what you guys think of who did it. Also, I want to hear what you think at the end when I'm finished. And I will wait till the end. Yeah. Um, I got this story from this site called True Crime Database. Mm, okay. Love this site. I didn't know. I never even heard of the site till. Uh, no, I, that's that's not one I'm familiar with. True <laughs> yeah. Crime Database. True Very crime straightforward. Database. It sounds yeah, like. True yeah. Crime Database. So this story, my friend of murder this week, is about the Circleville writer. Writer, like right? Writer. Yep. Circleville writer. Yep. So in 1976, several several residents of Circleville, Ohio, began receiving letters from an unknown individual. The letter. The letter writer knew personal details about many of the townsfolk and hinted at a number of mysteries, scandals perpetrated by important members of the town. Mm, So it was like a like a letter full of the tea. Yeah. Just dirt like this person's having sex with this person. That person's son steals. Gets crazy. Gets crazy. Here we go. So the letter started in 1976 when numerous Circleville residents began to receive them. They would often contain personal information about the recipient and some issued and some issued um, threats demanding they stop whatever they were accused of. Mm. Some of the letters referred to murders, affairs and even legal authorities, even legal authorities crimes. Oh, yep. So during dirty the, cops. Yeah. So during the 19 during the summer of 1977, Mary G- Gillespie who worked as a school bus driver, began receiving letters which accused her of supposedly a non-existent affair with the superintendent of the school. Ooh, that's like a... Gordon. Ooh, yeah. that's, that's scandalous. His name, his name is Gordon Massey. So the bus driver, or the, the letter accused a bus driver of, of sleeping around with the principal, you said? The superintendent. superintendent. Yeah. Ooh, okay. So, Juicy dirt. Subs, uh, subsequent letters a week later demanded that she stop the affair... And the writer told Mary that he or she had also been observing her home and knew she had knew she and her husband had children. Ooh. Oh, so she's married. Okay. Wow. Yeah, yep, okay. Yep. So make sure you Yeah, bus driver lady's people. married. Got it. Yep. So all of the letters were postmarked Columbus, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And none had a return address. Not knowing what to do, Mary kept them secret from her husband. Mm. So that obviously means, oh, this person. This knows. might be true. Yeah, probably definitely it. true. Yeah, if it's if you if you don't want anybody to see him. Yep. Um, some they got like pictures of the letters. Uh huh. These letters you could tell is the handwriting creepy, or is it the perfect? handwriting is like trying to make it look generic as possible, like oh, like a typewriter or something. Yeah, but it's just like I'm gonna make this T. Like you know how some people just got their own. Yeah, a little fl- little flair, little, little flair to it. But yeah, it's just some T goes straight down, yep. T goes straight across. Yep. Like they use a stencil to write mm. whatever it's writing. Yep. That might be. They might have to fool yeah. the analyst, yeah. the, the handwriting analyst. Um, so one day, her husband Ron Gillespie received a letter telling him, "quote that if he didn't inform the West Falls School Board about his wife's affair with Gordon Massey, that he oh, would be killed." That's dirty. That's dirty. Don't, don't involve the husband now. He doesn't know. Maybe he. Maybe this person just assumed that she showed him the letter or something. But they also just did that to kind of push things along like make sure okay now he definitely knows because I, t- I sent him a letter now yeah uh. so Mary denied she was having an affair and they si- and they decided to keep the letter secret from for the time oh, being he, that person doesn't like that they don't like that no so a fortnight letter more letters arrived the writer threatened to go public with the affair telling Gillespie it would be broadcast on TV CB radios and even billboards unsure what to do 
They told Ron's sister Karen, uh-huh. her husband Paul Fresher, and Paul's sister. Okay. You with me? Uh-huh. So Mary believes this she- This is the bus driver's husband. He told his sister- yeah. And her husband? Yeah. And and her sister's sister? What did you say? Ron's sister, Karen, and her husband, Paul Fresher, and Paul's sister. And Paul's sister. Good, yep. Cool, cool, So Murray believes she knew who was sending the letters and told Ron about David Longberry, mm. a fellow school bus driver who had became angry Ooh. when she rebuffed his romantic advances. That and she's sense. married. That makes sense. What do you mean? Mary is the bus driver, right? Who was having an affair with the, bus dri- with the superintendent? Yeah. And he was mad- he was mad. He was mad that she wouldn't also sleep around with him on her husband with him. Yeah. Well, I mean, what do you think? She, what do you take her for, man? Like, obviously, <laughs> she's not just given having a, affairs willy nilly. Obviously, yeah. the superintendent was doing something for her. He w- had a good look or whatever. She's sleeping up. You yeah. also drive the bus. She's got a. She's not gonna <laughs> sleep laterally. Yeah, yeah. She's trying to sleep up. Yeah. Um. So yeah, his name was David Longberry. Mm-hmm. They decided to have Paul. Compose a letter to the suspect, telling him they knew his identity. Mm. There were no more letters for several weeks. Oh, got spooked. But the letter writer began a different kind of harassment, and large signs were placed around town with referred to Gordon Massey and a Gillespie's 12-year-old daughter specifically that they were involved in sexual relationship. Isn't who Gordon Massey is whose brother? Gordon Massey is the superintendent. Oh, they put paper, they put things around the town saying that he was having sex with her do- with her kid. Put signs up. Yep. Oh, jeez. Yep. Uh, so See, you can't put that kind of stuff back in the bottle, man. Once you call somebody a rapist or a pedophile or yeah. any of those kind of things, if it's not true, that stigma sticks. Yeah. So I hope it was. I hope it was true, but if it's a lie, the damage is still done. People are always gonna associate that guy with that. Yeah. Um. But I mean, this dude is like, he's letting it all out. He's, he's, yeah. he's letting it out now. So these natural cause, these naturally cause uh, much distress for the Gillespie family. And, re- and Ron began getting up early before work so he could drive around town and remove the signs before his daughter saw him, saw mm. them before on her way to school. Yeah. Yep. Good dad. That's a good dad move. Yeah. On the 19th of August, 1977, Ron Gillespie was at home when he received a telephone call from someone who said they knew his truck and where he lived. An argument ensued. Um, Ron became enraged and claimed the phone call had confirmed his suspicions about the identity of the letter writer. David Longberry. He retrieved his gun, kissed his young daughter goodbye, Mm. and then left in his pickup truck. So I'm doing this for you, baby girl. Several minutes later, his truck was found crashed into a tree. Oh. With Ron dead at the wheel... Sheriff Dwight Ratcliffe um, led the investigation into Ron's death, and they established he had fired at least one shot from his gun before the crash. And um, so he, he, he must have got to whoever he was looking for. So Sheriff Dwight Ratcliffe was leading the investigation. Uh huh. Remember Sheriff Dwight, Dwight Ratcliffe. Ratcliffe. I'm gonna do Dwight Schrute, Daniel Ratcliffe, <laughs> Dwight Ratcliffe. Got it. Yes, yeah. that's locked in. Um, so yeah, again, they found him. His car crashed. Mm-hmm. He fired at least one shot. Yep. He was dead. Cool. So initially, the sheriff agreed the death was suspicious and mm-hmm. the result of foul play. Yeah. But later changed his mind and claimed and claimed tests revealed Ron had been drunk at the time of his death. Uh, 
These tests apparently confirmed his blood alcohol level was 0. .16, which That's was twice there. over the legal limit. That's up there. However, his family would dispute this, claiming Ron hardly drank and could not have been drunk at the time of his death. Okay, so uh, Daniel Radcliffe, I mean, uh, Dwight Radcliffe is... Los, 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 should, we should be a little skeptical of him then? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yep. So a suspect was questioned, passed a polygraph test, and was eliminate, eliminated by Sheriff Radcliffe, who ruled Ron Gillespie's death an accident. The pickup truck was taken to a certified to a certified filling station in Mount um, Sterling, Ohio, and immediately disposed of the of of the truck. Disposed of the junkyard of the car. Just that's fast. Quick, very quick. That's fast. Um, after several Circleville residents began receiving letters claiming Sheriff Ratcliffe was involved in a cover up over. Um, Ron's Gillespie's death mm-hmm. they also accused the sheriff of mishandling investigation into the Pickaway County coroner Dr. Ray Curl remember Dr. Ray Dr. Curl Dr. Ray Curl died? No, no 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 no. oh the coroner might have done some foul shit too yeah they said they also accused sheriff of mishandling investigation into Parkway County coroner Dr. Ray Curl who had been accused of several ch- children of child molestation oh yep so Radcliffe's inquiry found Dr. Curl was innocent of the claims and no action was taken. Uh-huh. During this time, Mary Gillespie's sister-in-law and her husband, Paul Fresher, uh-huh. separated. Oh. He learned his wife was having an affair, and after hiring a private investigator, he filed for divorce and gained custody of the, the couple's children. Mm. Karen moved out of the family out of the family home and began living in the trailer in Mary Gillespie's backyard. Oh, wow. Yep. So Mary Gillespie... Um, eventually admitted to her relationship with Gordon Massey. Mm-hmm. So we knew that was yeah, of course. what happened. But claimed it did not start until after the first letter began. Nah. I'm not believing that either. So that he made it up. <laughs> he made it up and then you went and did it? And then it went, right. Come on. Yeah. Come on, Mary. Mary. <laughs> Mary, come on, Mary. So she continued to receive threatening letters even after her husband's death. and Even after her husband's death. Uh-huh. And in February 1983, she was harassed along her bus route. Oh. The the letter writer began placing threatening signs next to the road and she eventually had enough. So, I mean, this dude knew her route yeah. and was like placing them at stop I mean, stop signs, which yeah. is like... Definitely like a member of the community. Yeah. like yeah, yeah, big time. Like 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 the, they speak from time to time. Yeah. Like David Longback. Possibly, yeah. Which, who doesn't work at the... He wasn't a bus driver anymore. Oh, oh, He was a oh. former bus driver. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So on February 7th, 1983, she went and pulled down the sign. But as she did, she discovered a booby trap had what? been placed underneath that was designed to kill her. Like an explosion? Get to it. The trap consisted of a box with a small pistol inside, which would fire. Stop it. Yep, which would fire once the sound was pulled a specific way. Like it, like a string pulled the trigger back? Something like that, I guess. They don't wow. Have but yeah. Yep. That is the most like now, cartoon way to yeah, kill somebody I've ever heard in my life. That is like super, super psychotic and strategic because it's like, how do you know she was going to pull that sign? Wow. Well, he knew she was going to take him down because that's what they do. The husband had did it. So he just, oh, just all of them. But it's like, yeah, true. It's true. Uh, so yeah, so the police disarmed wow. the device. Yep, and noticed someone had attempted to remove the serial number on the gun. Wait, so it didn't shoot? It didn't shoot. Oh, it okay, shoot. all right, okay. So she probably oh, saw it before saw she because it. Yeah. it was a shitty trap. Yes. <laughs> that, I was so shocked because I thought you were telling me that it worked. 
No. And it sounds like it's the shittiest trick I've ever. You know what I mean? That, yeah. that sounds. That's like a trap that Wiley Coyotes. I mean, uh, that yeah, that Wiley Coyote yeah. sets for the Roadrunner. Yeah, and it never works. Yep. Uh, it, it pulls yeah, so a string and the bullet shoots the gun. Yeah, and this was what like eighties. I was like, no, it didn't work. Yeah, so the police disarmed the device and noticed that someone had attempted to remove the serial number on the gun. When the lab examined the gun, they were able to raise the they were able to raise the number and cross reference determined the gun had belonged to the ex brother in law, Paul Fresher. Whilst whilst He's living fresh off a divorce. Yeah, whilst living on the her property, Karen Fresher told Mary Gillespie her suspicious that Paul was writing the was writing the letters and was writing the threatening letters attributed to the Circleville writer. Mm. Mary then went to Sheriff Radcliffe with the with these suspicions, and on February 25, 1983, he asked Paul to meet him at the courthouse. The White Radcliffe requested Paul try and copy the handwriting from some of the letters and also repeat them verbally. That never works. Why would you go in there if you are the person? Why would you go in there and write the write your handwriting the same and, pl- and have it like? You want me to come down, and I have it planned already. Yeah, I'm not going to write that way. I can practice at home <laughs> how to do my T's, how I don't do my T's. Yeah, right. Um, so yeah, so he wanted him to come down and do the handwriting over again, and re- also repeat the words verbally. After the handwriting test, sheriff asked Paul to show him where he kept his gun. Paul took him to the garage where the gun was kept, but he told him the weapon had previously been stolen. Yeah. Okay. So after this, they returned to the courthouse, and Sheriff Ratcliffe arrested Paul Fresher and charged him with the attempted murder of Mary Gillespie. Sounds about right. Paul's trial began on October 24, 1983, and although he was never charged with writing the threatening letters, they became a crucial part of the evidence against him. So the prosecutor, Roger Klein, referred to thousands of letters attributed to the Circleville writer during, the, during this trial but the judge ruled only 39 of the letters would be allowed into evidence. That's so many okay. letters, man. Yeah, but that's, oh, that, not, that's, still that's some... not all of them, though. Oh, okay. Only 39 of them. Only 39 are allowed. Yeah, and I'm going to get to why. Okay. Pay attention. Gotcha. So these were primarily the letters sent to Mary Gillespie and her husband, Ron. Right. Which the, which the prosecution hoped would provide enough evidence that Paul had written them. Uh-huh. A handwritten expert testified that the letters were written by Paul and Mary. Her also st- what? Mary. Oh Mary's Mary's the bus driver. Yeah, but let me let me get oh, okay. I don't want you getting confused. So the handwriting ex- handwriting expert testified that the letters were written by Paul and Mary also testified her belief that Paul was guilty after his wife visited her with those suspicions. Okay, I thought you were saying something else. Yeah. I thought you were saying that the, they were written by Paul and Mary. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so his employer told the court that Paul was not at work on the day the booby trap was found. And although he had an alibi for most of the day, he never took the stand in his own defense. Mm. So Paul Fresher was sentenced to between 7 to 24 years imprisonment at the Oakwood Correctional Facility. Paul still proclaimed his innocence from behind bars while serving his sentence. Begin to re- So um, he began to receive letters from the writer. Uh-huh. Who stated, oh, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So he began to receive letters from the How writer. How are you enjoying your prison sentence yeah. for what I did to you? Wow. That is. <laughs> Do you think they know they got the wrong man? That is nuts, man. That is nuts. So he began to. So he began to receive letters from the writer who stated their intentions of keeping him locked up. He protested his innocence and had the letters to prove it. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Look. Look. 
Nah, you wrote that too. So other residents of Circleville and Pickaway County continue receiving letters postmarked from Columbus, Ohio. Mm, it's like Scream. Yeah. Remember in Scream when they thought they caught the kid and then another kid got murdered? So I was like, oh, see, I'm innocent. Yeah. But it was two killers. Yep. Um, so whilst Paul was in solitary confinement in prison in, in Lima, Ohio, some of those letters included accusations about the prosecutor, Roger Klein. Mm. The Circleville writer threatened to dig up the bones from the grave of a deceased baby and the mail then randomly and and mailed them randomly if the police failed to investigate Klein over his involvement in the murder of a pregnant school teacher. So you remember who Roger Klein was, right? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wait, no, Roger Klein was the superintendent, right? No, 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 no. Wait, okay. Roger sorry, Klein right? was okay. Let me go back up. So, because uh, I told you, I wanted you. That's why I wanted. Yeah, that's a lot. I'm name. sorry. It's a lot of. It's a lot of names. Um, Roger Klein. So Gordon Massey was the superintendent. Got you. Roger Klein wasn't the guy. He's not. He's not Dwight Radcliffe. That's no, the sheriff that's, Radcliffe. That's the that's the that's sheriff. The, yeah, yeah. Radcliffe and Roger Klein. I'm trying to get back to the part where I, I brought him up. The prosecutor, Roger Klein, yeah, is the prosecutor. That I got. Yeah, but. Yeah, yeah, no, no, never mind. Sorry, yeah, yeah, I got, yeah, yeah. I, I knew he was the prosecutor because you had just said that. Yeah. Okay. Um, I thought he had come up in a different way, like earlier, like not just like just now. No, no, no. no. He, he prosecuted just, the case. Yeah, he prosecuted to put the case. to put uh, the ex husband of her sister away. Yeah. For something yeah. he didn't do. Yeah. Allegedly. Yes, but he threatened to dig up the bones if he failed. Um, to keep him in there. To keep him in it. Yeah. Yeah. Of a dead. Of uh, dead of a, baby. Yeah, of a school teacher. <laughs> Jesus, man. Yeah. What town is this? It's like a soap oh, opera. Yeah. It's wild. I mean, whoever this dude is got all the... Team. Yeah, he must be like the the town hairdresser or barber or something. Yeah. Like, everybody feels comfortable talking to this person about drama. Yep. So the prosecutor was then an appellate court judge. And some believe he intentionally held back the majority of the letters because he knew it would, re- it would reveal his involvement in the murder of the school teacher he got pregnant, uh, which would have ruined his career. So that's why he only... He only let those certain amount of letters. We're going to just show the ones that have stuff about y'all in it. We don't need yep. to be bringing other people's business in there. Yep. I.E. mine. Yeah. So the police investigated the, and questioned the parents of the deceased baby and requested their silence on the matter. However, they later spoke with Ohio TV station about the incident who confirmed the accusations were true. The parents of the teacher? The teacher died and was pregnant, is what you're saying? Yeah. And these are the parents of that teacher? Yeah. And they p- confirmed how? how? I don't know. Mm. Yep. Maybe she was pregnant and she wasn't supposed to be pregnant. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. The teacher didn't die. The baby, the baby died. died. She went to the parents of the baby. They went to her. Oh. The, girl, the lady, he got pregnant, the teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was, I guess she was like... I want to keep my silence, but yeah, th- I mean, this is this happened. So it was a full, like a fully delivered baby. I guess. How did he kill a baby? What did he do? I don't know. But I guess you know her. She probably kept silent because he's in a, a a prosecutor court judge, and was like, I'm not gonna risk my freedom yeah. or something. But then when they looked into it, he was like, she, Yeah, he no, he did that, which is nuts. That's uh, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so later, more children came forward to accuse Dr. Ray Carroll of molestation. However, the prosecutor, Roger Klein, claimed that the statute of limitations applied and he was never charged. That's He's not a he dirty. didn't rape kids. <laughs> I hate that so much. Yeah. That's because that's not a he didn't rape kids. Yeah. It's 
oh you the loophole yep that's not a that's not a that he is guilty yeah that's wild yep so more kids came forward once the bars the ball started rolling on all these letters and people coming forward to say the letters are true and stuff. Yeah, yep. So, uh, yeah, children came forward to accuse Dr. Ray Kerr of molestation. And then, however, the prosecutor, Roger Klein, just came up as the statute of limitations that he couldn't be charged with that. About the dead baby. Oh, no, the, about, about the, the kids. About the kids. Got it, got it. Okay, yeah. got it. About, no, about the about both, basically. Shh. About both, yeah. Say, so, listen, you can't charge me for the dead baby. And you can't charge him for the kid things because, look, the kids are grown now, so the windows, they missed the window. So, yeah. sorry, guys, we're both innocent, technically. Yep. So, in December 1990, Paul Fresher became eligible for parole. Despite the impossibility of his culpability, culpability he was denied because of the continued letter writing campaign. It's like, but, like I, he didn't I'm write not writing him. <laughs> uh, so, a subsequent investigation by journalist Martin Yant uncovered more information about the possible suspect in the letter writing and Mary Ellipses attempted murder. He discovered that on the same day Mary found the booby trap sign, a suspicious man was seen at the spot standing next to the yellow El Camino, which makes sense. He would be he wants he to, to see, see yeah. You know the outcome. Want to see you die. Yep. So another bus driver on Mary's Mary's route claimed he saw that they that they saw the man only 20 minutes before the incident. It was then found that the brother of the prime suspect in the letter writing on the same type of car. The, the description um, the bus driver gave them did not match Paul Fresher, who had an alibi for this for that specific time. Uh-huh. It is also believed that the boyfriend of Paul's ex-wife was the man seen next to the El Camino on the day the booby trap was discovered. Wow. It's all kinds of fucking people in this shit. So, so Mary's sister had a boyfriend. She's having a favorite, remember? That's yeah, yeah they're divorce. both they're both having an affair. Yeah, Jesus, that's a lot to keep up. With. <laughs> so they're saying it's possible that Mary's sister, sister's boyfriend, tried to booby trap and kill her. Yeah, this is a lot, man. Yeah. Jesus, man. Yeah. Oh my gosh. In December 1993, Dr. Ray Curl, who was the coroner, uh huh, um, who was 72, was charged with 12 counts, mm. eight of them alleging gross and more. Immorality, sex crimes, and corruption of a minor, mm. um, pornography, obscene, obscenity, uh-huh. and indecent exposure. Oh, jeez. Charge all that. Paul Fresher was eventually paroled in May 1994 and continued to maintain his innocence. In 1999, Mary Gillipsy former co-worker David Longberry became a wanted fugitive after raping an 11-year-old girl. And later committed suicide while on the run. Oh, he did that shit. <laughs> yeah, no, no, he did that. No, that uh, was David Longberry. This whole thing was David Longberry. Uh, so according to the information uncovered by Martin Yant and others, it was suggested that there were at least three letters, three letter writers involved. None of them were Paul Fresher. Excuse me. Uh, one was believed to be the son of Gordon Massey, mm. who was the superintendent. Yeah. Um, Gordon Massey, the superintendent of Westfall School, married Ellipsy's secret lover, mm-hmm. who, um, who was angry over his father's affair. The second believed to be married Ellipsy's co-worker, David Longberry, yeah. who was infatuated with her and vowed revenge after she said, you know, no. said no. She had the audacity to say no. Yeah. The third was believed to be Paul Fresher's ex-wife, Karen, who used the original letters in a plot to frame her ex-husband. 
Despite the evidence, the police still maintain <laughs> that Paul was the Circle, the Circleville writer, and no one was ever charged with the death of Ron Gillespie. Wow. Yeah. That was a doozy, wasn't it? Yeah, man. Like halfway through, you kind of <laughs> got away from David Longberry and you threw some doozies in there and I and gave some new suspects. Yeah. Then you come right back around. I stand by it. Nah, David Longberry did Longberry. that shit, man. I'm, I, think, I believe I think, that was David Longberry. I think uh, David Longberry did it too. Yeah, uh, uh, maybe some other people wrote some letters too. I don't, I don't know about that, but David Longberry definitely. That name sounds like the guy who tries to set up a wily coyote, coyote booby trap. Yeah, that's that's that kind of name, Longberry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a wily coyote type of ass dude. So you know yes, that's that's man, my just... that's my theory. That one of uh, that was a lot of names. That yeah, was a man. lot of different twists and the letters and the the drama. And I really want to know how does he know? know you think oh, you know something, man? The babes talk, man. He's running them little kids all day. Kids hear everything. You riding on that bus with all them kids from different households and talking about my dad did this. My dad always goes. He likes when I drive the bus with Mary. He doesn't like when I drive the bus with David. He always comes and they pick. He picks me up. I'm always the last stop. They like kids just say whatever shit they're not supposed yeah. to say. That's my theory. Yeah, but how he do got you, all the dirt from the kids just do, talking to each other. Some of that dirt he didn't get from the kids, man. Not no dead babies and oh, child yeah, 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 pornography yeah, yeah, and all that. No, mess. Like, touche, how touche, do you? How touche, do? You, touche, touche. How did they get? Touche. I don't know, man. This guy's got the dirt, man. He's got those little birds out there chirping, just getting yeah. all picking up all the all the messages. And he just like in the wind, just like, they don't know like long as long as I keep long as I keep this attached to Paul Fresher's name, I'm fine. Sending somebody letters when they're in jail for something you did is diabolical as yeah. fuck. That gives me goosebumps. That's very Joe Exotic. If Joe Exotic ever got uh, Carol locked up. Yeah. He would definitely send her letters like, but how, what's going know how, on, bitch? You know how mad I will be f- furious. Read you reading it. But Nobody's look, he's telling saying you. Like, for, I did it. You but and you're, you're reading, in prison for what yeah, I did. Ha, imagine ha. you reading a letter though. Like you can't you can't like react to a letter than when somebody's speaking to you face to face. Somebody going writing this letter like, oh well. Oh, I can. I'd be talking like back what? to the letter like, oh yeah, oh yeah, you for real. You spelled that wrong. I'd be oh yeah, I'd be cussing that letter out. Sure. Yeah. That dude is by, and that's by what he wants you to do. Yeah, oh yeah, he's, like, he's getting off on it. So he's oh, he's gonna hate this when I say like, uh, "How's the this. food?" <laughs> See you later. That's wild. Yeah, man, that was wild. I read that. I was like, "What?" Yeah, man, that yeah, was nutso, my gutso. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I don't really have. So that any. was the uh, story yeah. of the Circleville, the Circleville writer. That was a cold, cold El Case, right? Yep. Okay. Yeah. No, that was nuts, man. Uh, wow. Jeez. I went a lot of places, man. Yeah. Anyway, man, uh, it's been a crazy time. You know, a lot of people, like I said, you know, a lot of people are at home right now, not working. You guys might be listening. Maybe you guys are listening to this at home. I'd love to hear what people, how people ingest, like digest a podcast when they aren't commuting. Because I listen to to the bulk of my podcast at work or on the way to work. I do listen to podcasts at home sometimes just when I'm doing stuff. I can't do that. Why? I don't know. I just can't. I don't know. Um, I don't know, man. I think. I think because it keeps me, keeps me. It keeps me because you're doing something, not, and and I'm not thinking. I'm not thinking about like when I'm at work listening to podcasts. 
my day seems like it goes fast. Right. And when I'm you're not, home, you need to, you, you want to be visually stimulated yeah. at home, right? Yeah. Because you're sitting on the couch. You're not doing something with your hands. Yeah. So you need more than just audio. Yeah. I get that. I think I'm the same way. Yeah. Like, I'm listening to a podcast, but I'm playing video games. Or I'm, or I'm whatever. You know what I'm saying? Most, usually, it's, I'm playing video yeah. games. Like I'm playing video games and listening to a podcast. Yeah. So I'm still doing something. But if I just had to be, I couldn't just, like, put my phone on a table and just sit with my arms crossed and just yeah, look I at my phone and listen to it. I have to be doing something. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Okay, anyway, uh let's uh let's try to pick people up a bit. Some trying times. The world's crazy. Uh there's supposed to be some big crazy storms this weekend or something. I don't know. It's just the end of the world's coming. Anyway, let's uh get into these good vibes, y'all. Yes, folks, it's time for another Good Vibes segment. Let these positive waves be the light in the darkness that is the world right now. Fran, I'm going to go ahead and kick things off because I happen to get some news this week that is a combination of two things that I hold very near to my heart and have talked about on here before, and that is the eradication of the squeegee boy. Mm -hmm. Uh, They are doing a superfluous job. It's not necessary. You're just harassing people for money yeah Two, the feeding of inner city children uh in during the crisis of these schools being closed and maybe them going to school is the only time they eat a meal today the mayor of baltimore has stepped in fran and prepare to hear some of these positive vibes you ready yeah okay so the mayor of baltimore has put the squeegee boys to work okay The Office of Children and Family Success has staffed several sites with squeegee boys to distribute meals from the Family League at several sites around the city. So far, the young boys and girls and men, and it's all kind of people. Yeah. (laughs) Squeegee boys is weird. Some of them are like 25. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've seen all ages, all creeds, and uh, it's insane. Anyway, they have assisted in serving about 6,900 meals. Let's call that 7,000 because this was a couple of days ago. They've, they've assisted in serving about 7,000 meals at eight different sites. A quote from the story is, uh, it, it gives us something to do other than be outside on the corner, one squeegee kid said. Uh, according to an email from officials, those participating have consistently showed up every day. And someone said, so often our youth, our youth who squeegee are being recognized for causing disruption because they are sometimes. Yeah. And they're probably thieves, too. I'm sorry. <laughs> Whoa, man. Oh, this sorry. is good vibes, friend. You take that back. That's libel, man. We don't know that to be true. How did they get the squeegee? How did they get the squeegee? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. <laughs> it is a weird thing to just have a squeegee. You don't just have a squeegee laying around the house. But we don't know that to be true. And you don't say that on this podcast without right. facts to back it up, okay? okay you don't right. call them thieves. We don't know that. They all look the same. Nobody has like a uh, uh, like a green one or nothing. They're all black. <laughs> they all are the squeegee that was once upon a time available at a gas station when you pull up if For you wanted free. to hit. Yeah, they just took them. <laughs> Allegedly. I'm not playing these games with you, friend. I didn't say that. You said that. I don't think that's true that they stole those squeegees. They just got squeegees from somewhere. They all look the same. Anyway. Uh, the kids have been showing up consistently on time, friend. That's a good thing, okay? Yeah. This is a good story. They said, we know they have uh, they have entrepreneurial skills because of what they're doing. I'm not going to stop anybody from bigging up these kids. <laughs> they're entrepreneurs. They're on- hey, man. They're entre- I didn't say anything. Don't look at me like that. All right, man. They're on- they have entrepreneurial spirit. They're working for themselves, aren't they? Yeah. All right, then. Don't look at me like that. 
uh, the, the quote continues, but we want them to change that energy into something more productive, like a job that isn't unnecessary. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't involve stealing. And, we don't. I'm, right, I'm not. Sorry. I'm not listening okay. to you. When there's downtime, the squeegee boys are going door to door to let people know about where they can come to find meals and delivering meals to seniors' doorsteps. Mm. They are also reminding the public to wash their hands and practice social distancing. And nothing gets now. you. To, yeah, nothing gets you to wash your hands more than somebody. So a bunch, a group of sixteen to nineteen year old kids going, "Yo, wash your hands, dummy." Or what they could do is, uh huh. Get hand sanitizer. Uh huh. Be at the lights going. Squeeze let me. Squeeze you off. Yep. Hey, now you're innovating, man. Yeah. Now instead of tearing these kids down, you're working with them to try to uplift them. Yeah. That is a good idea. Like, it's what you brilliant. want? Two pumps. What you want? Two pumps, y'all. Squeegee boys. Yeah. Sanitizer boys. Yep. With a Z. Yep. Boy, there you go. Uh, anyway, that's a good idea. We'll think about that. Mm-hmm. We'll maybe we'll get a group of squeegee boys, adopt them. Provide them with some sanitizer and say, hey, man, get out there, man. Change your life. Yeah. Protect these people during the time. We'll get, you, get them some masks yeah. and some gloves. Go ahead, man. Sanitize them up. They might fuck around and, and eradicate coronavirus from Baltimore City. Yeah. The squeegee, the, how big of a turn would that be after uh, the times we've shit on these, those kids on this platform and they fucking eradicate coronavirus from Baltimore? Yeah. I challenge you, Corona. I, I challenge you, squeegee boys. Get out there and fucking make a difference, man. Yeah. I believe in you, man. I don't think you stole. Fran said that. I didn't say that. I believe in y'all. Do it. Change, make a change today. Yeah. Anyway, uh, one of the quotes from the story is, we all need to come together as one. We should not be fighting. We should be coming together as one community. It's a great feeling to help someone out there who really needs it. Yeah. So I think that's cool. I think that, I think that they should have done this. It shouldn't took, I'm seeing a lot of things that are becoming things because of this whole Corona crisis. And they should have just been things like, I mean, you could round those kids up and talk them into getting a job somewhere. or something. You know, if we, if we really want to try to stop that problem and we could go out there and give those kids an alternative to yeah. do something. You know what I mean? Find a job. Give them trash bags. I think we talked about this on the podcast and maybe somebody was even might even read a story where they were doing it. Give those kids trash bags. Give them a little fucking poker yeah. and say, hey, man, you fill up a bag. You get ten dollars for every bag of trash you fill up and bring to us. Yeah. Boom. Now you're cleaning the streets, which are well, filthy. Are they cleaning the streets, though? I mean, if you don't if you don't bring a bag, you don't get paid. Well, you can go to the dumpster and just grab a whole bunch of trash. <laughs> I get, I guess, but is that more work than fucking? No, it's not more work. That's way I'm easier. talking about. I'm, but no, this is my, this is my twist. I remember talking. We definitely talked about this because I was saying <laughs> you have like specific bags. Oh, gotcha. Like a red, it's a red bag, and if it's not a red bag, then it's not our bag. You didn't. That's not a fresh bag. I'm saying you can you can't go, just bring a black bag you can of trash. Bust a trash bag. <laughs> I mean, if somebody's going to try to game the system like that, I mean, like, I guess it's possible. There's always possible people gaming the system. I feel like that's more work than just pick, just getting trash off the street. Uh, I genuinely do. You got to go dumpster diving. If it's 90 degrees outside, I'm going to a dumpster. (laughs) Man, look, you got to have faith in these kids, man. You call them thieves, saying they don't work hard. They wouldn't go out and clean the streets up. Got to have faith, man. Tell your good vibes, man. I believe right, in you. Hey, man, shout out to all the squeegee boys out there. I know y'all probably don't listen to podcasts, but, you know, you know, I, you know, I believe in y'all. If you're listening to this, maybe I'm wrong. I maybe I'm, maybe I'm, maybe I'm stereotyping. Maybe you do listen to podcasts. Maybe you're hearing me right now. I believe in y'all, squeegee. Is my go now? Hey, man, inside of us is a little squeegee boy inside of all of us. Is it? That's, yeah, man. Right, right here. Deep man, down. Man, look, sometimes my windows are dirty, and then when I go to the gas station... 
there's no squeegee, so I can't never clean my windows. Yeah, man. Cause I you, wonder why. You know why? Because you grew up. I wonder why. And that you don't believe anymore. Because if you believed, that squeegee would be there. It's like Peter Pan. Okay. You grow up, you can't see the squeegee anymore because you don't believe anymore. Well, I you lost that childhood that sense of wonderment. You know what I mean? So if you believed yeah, again, I, I bet you Sophia can see the squeegee. Right. I'll leave it at that. Okay. We live in real life. I'm sorry, man. I've been in the house for a lot of days, man. I've been yeah, exper- we've been experimenting, man. I've been doing a lot of Peter Pan. Been doing a lot of hallucinogens and things like that. I'm sorry, <laughs> man. I, I I went down a weird All road. Right, Go ahead and tell you good vibes, man. Uh, so as means of thanking school custodians for going the extra mile, making sure school facilities are kept clean and sanitary during the COVID-19 outbreaks, appreciative parents from all over the country have raised thousands of dollars for their district janitors. Mm. Prior to the state legislators um, closing down schools to curb the spread of coronavirus, two, bu- two public schools in Wilston, Vermont, Wilston, Vermont were temporarily closed earlier this month after a staff member fell ill. Mm. Since the employee had just been traveling out of state and had stayed at a hotel with confirmed cases of infection, mm. the state was closed down for a, for a thorough emergency deep cleaning. Brooke Thomas, a mother of four, had been discussing the incident with a number um, of her fellow school school parents in a Facebook group when she got the idea to raise money for janitors conducting the cleaning. Mm. Um, and shout out to all the custodians out there, man. Yeah, but I don't want to like shit on what's going on. Uh huh. But this may be not even considered being shit on, but this their job though, right? Yeah, but it's different than it's, it's. There's a difference in maintaining, like you know, a kid spills chocolate milk or whatever, and deep cleaning the school. You know, wiping it down, disinfecting a school, basically. Okay. Yes. Okay. I was just. You know, I'm. I'm I don't. I'm. I'm not doing the job. I'm not gonna. I don't know what a typical day of cleaning is. I know. I know the janitor's job on it. Maybe it is. I don't know. But I know janitors on a day to day basis with all them kids running in and out of the school are not leaving the school spick and span for them to come back the next day and fuck it up again. So they just kind of, you know, get the shit off the ground. Yeah. Get it back to looking presentable. But with no kids coming to the school, they can really get in there and fucking disinfect the fuck out of every classroom and get it spick and span clean. Yeah. And I'm sure they are. Where does that come from? I wonder if that's racist. I don't spick know. Spick and span? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, like, because, like, you know, they have the stereotype of, like, Hispanic cleaners and saying spick. I don't know. I feel I weird. I never did the, re- you know, yeah, I, I felt, we- I, just saying it just now, I felt weird. Hmm. We live in a weird time, so I'm yeah, always thinking about where, like where stuff comes from, and that's where, I'm going to look that up I when never we get even done. Thought, I never even noticed it. Because what is, what is Spick? What is Span? Spick Spanish. Keep that's the third eye open, man. We might be using a stereotype. We might be using the slur this whole time, you know? Yeah, man, you can't be saying that, man. You oh, now you're going to just flip on me like that? You said Finish it. Finish reading your story, man. I don't know. I might have just made out. it up. All right. I don't think so. That's a hell of a coincidence you just made that up. You never heard speaking Spam before? I heard it before, but... All right, I'm just saying. I don't know. I don't know if it's a slur. No. I just felt weird saying it. I was like, that feels weird. Is that a thing? You know how you go over, you know, somebody's like, man, you... Uh, you know how uh, the, the um, eeny, meeny, miny, mo song? Catch a little bit of Yeah. Oh. You don't know, man. I don't know where stuff comes from. Yeah. But you said it. Not me. That's fine, man. I, I don't. I own my shit. I don't care. I said I don't know. <laughs> right. Come at me. You I don't give a me. I'm just saying. You, you really, said it. You really not flipped me. on me. I was trying to have a, a just a conversation back and forth. Like, do you think that's that? I don't know. You're like, yeah, I don't know. But you said it though, you man. You can't it. say that. I just don't want to be tagged along with that. <laughs> man, tag away. I don't know. <laughs> 
Uh, so just one in just one short week, Thomas Thomas's Facebook fundraiser for the custodial staff at Allen Brooks School and Wilston Central School surged past its ad- surged past its original go. goal of two hundred dollars to what and raised <laughs> to, to more than seven thousand four hundred in donations. See, that's why I don't want to start nothing, man. Now she's responsible for all that money, and she didn't even. She was planning on giving her janitor at her kid's school an envelope with two hundred dollars in it, and now she has to like start a charity. Seventy two hundred dollars is mine. <laughs> I don't know I'm not what I'm not about. going into this again with you, man. You can't do that, man. All right, sure. Uh, so similar- imagine no, because we got to take a second, man. Because you keep saying this. Imagine right. Imagine you were walking down the street one one day, right, okay. and you saw a kid, you know going through something like a really hard time in their life and you talk to them and they go yeah man well you know um my school got rid of this after school program where i can stay after school and you know get my homework done and everything like that's i come from a rough home yeah and you go you know that's not fair man how much money do you think it costs to get the program going and they tell you a number and you go and you put a message up on facebook and this so this really meant something to you yeah that's why you're doing it Mm mm-hmm and you need $500 and you get $5,000. Yeah. And you just throw, instead of going, man, that's awesome. Now I can get all the kids new computers or I can get a new whatever. We can get a, a better version of the thing for these kids. And that one kid in particular who I met, John, mm-hmm. and he can have a really nice after school program. You go, wait, no, that's awesome. Here's the 500, yep. 4,500 for that me. That we have verbally agreed to. <laughs> it's and- a verbally agreement. It's charity. How's that charity? We verbally agreed to. <laughs> it's not a business deal. Yeah, it is. Measuring <laughs> <laughs> your good vibes, man. <laughs> we agreed to five, $500. That's all you need. Yes, yeah, all I need, you know, to get back in the program. Cool. I get five. I give a thousand dollars. Five hundred for what you need. Five hundred for my for the fee for whatever I just did to get you the five hundred dollars <laughs> to get this program. Oh, you talk about. <laughs> How are you going to agree on something and then I got to get It's you not an agreement. It's you being like, I'm going to do this nice thing for this kid. You're like, no, okay, shake on it. You're going to spit shake him? You're going to spit, spit in your yeah. hand and we will shake hands on it and make a deal? our business. Where was I at? Yeah, so they raised more than $7,400 in donations. Mm-hmm. Similar, when, out of, when similar, it was out of two, two $200. Similar initiatives have popped up across the United States, like Shauna's Linsky's GoFundMe campaign for custodial staff at her children's school in Shelburne, Vermont, which has already raised more than $4,000. So she sparked a bit of a movement. Yeah. So um, they raised money for these custodial staff so they can deep clean these uh, schools, which I think is good. That is good. Yeah. And it's giving some recognition like a lot to them. A pre- no. little appreciation towards them. Maybe, you know, a little money for them. Here's a little tip. Yep. I would imagine that's what it is. I would imagine yeah. the school's providing them the utensils to do the cleaning. And labor. Yeah, all that. I would, I would imagine this is like, here's some extra. We appreciate it. Yeah. That's what I'm Just hoping. give them all the money. Seven th- give them all $7,400. Give all of them. Yeah. Oh, look at you. Look, look at you. Just look, change your heart. Yeah. Nah, I hear you. I heard I heard you loud and clear, friend. What? I see you. I see you, man. Taking the money? Yeah, I see you, man. Yeah. Taking money. I'm from, keeping some of that. Taking money from all the custodial engineers out there. Cold-blooded. Oh, need $200. Man. Oh, all you were trying to give them was two hundred dollars. There's a all difference. They needed. All the max what I said I wanted. Charity was has no need level. It charity is always needed. You you only wanted to give to charity this. It went over. You give them more of it. That's how charity works. You can bump it up a little bit. I'll give you a four hundred now. 
and then you still keep the rest. This has been another episode of Affirmative Murder. I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by the uh, Scrooge McDuck of podcasting, <laughs> Franco Evans. And we'll see you guys next week, guys. Look, it's going to be all right. We're going to get through this lockdown together, and everything's going to be cool. Deuces. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.